Welcome everybody to the Sci-Fi Ness Podcast, and I'm Travis Dunn. Today with me is my partner in crime, Mr. Doc Smith. Hello. And we're back for episode two. Sorry it took so long for episode two, but unfortunately we've um we've had some craziness going on around the house, and I just haven't really been up to doing another episode. Plus, I've been kind of waiting on the topics we're going to talk about today, <laughs> which... Uh, today's going to be about Star Wars mostly, uh, just because we've gotten a lot of different uh, trailers that have come out, some different news that have come out. Uh, I think we're going to give our, our feelings about, uh, you know, some of the, the last couple of movies and, and kind of our feelings about why we like or dislike them, uh, and kind of what we're hoping to expect in the next movie. And then, uh, obviously we will do a spoiler episode after we uh we see the the movie coming up here in december speaking of which we need to settle down and start figuring out the dates on uh, when we're gonna go yeah and, uh, and it kind of sucks because it's, it's literally right before christmas mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh it's but hopefully james will be on uh, shutdown during that time so he'll be able to come up again yeah we always go with our friend james or at least we try to if at all possible and he um he works for Kenworth Trucking, you know, builds trucks, and they always shut down the last two weeks of the year. So, as long as everything goes as a planned, hopefully we'll get together and uh, watch the next movie. As we've done, actually, we've done, we have done the last two movies, last three movies, right? Did we go see? I'm pretty sure we saw Solo together with him. That's what I'm thinking. And then we watched uh, Last Jedi with him. Did he come up with us for Endgame? Or no, yeah, Endgame. Well, uh, obviously that'd be a Marvel, but no, I don't think he. I don't think he came for Endgame. But I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. Did he? He wasn't up for Force Awakens. We saw that on our own. Okay. Well, that's right. On our own with family. Yeah, we were we were going to meet up, and I think he ended up. He ended up going early or something with somebody. Somebody uh, came uh, came up and. Oh yeah, that's right. He went with his buddy Derek. Yeah, somebody was like, "Hey, I want to go," and and it was before we were going to get to go, so he just went ahead and went, which is fine. It's you know, but we're all friends. We all like Star Wars, and you know, that's why we uh, we try well, to go when we can. They all like Star Wars. I love it. <laughs> and for anybody who doesn't know, Doc is our relevant uh, sci or. Uh, Star Wars uh, encyclopedia for the most part. I was actually able to pass one uh, semester of my high school government in, uh, class because I was able to stump the teacher with uh, Star Wars trivia. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that's, I revel in the fact that every once in a while I get something up on you. And not often. It's not often, but it, it does happen. You just turned Smurf. <laughs> yeah, I know. I tried to turn that off earlier, and then we got talking about something else, and I got to doing something else, and I forgot about it, mostly because I can't figure out how to do it with the setup. Uh, it's under power options, which sounds really strange, but that's what it's under. Yeah, because um, they recently changed things. It's like when I change over my headset, I used to just right click on the uh, icon in the taskbar, mm-hmm. 
but that option isn't there anymore. Yeah, they keep changing stuff, and it's kind of a pain when you're when you get so used to where everything is, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Thank God they didn't take away control panel. It's just hidden now. <laughs> yeah, it's just hidden. You got to know how to how to get to that. That was that was the freakiest thing when they first came. Windows up. T control panel. Yeah. There you go. There it is. <laughs> it was so, it was such a weird uh, transition, but anyway. So the first topic we'll like I said we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Star Wars uh, the final trailer for the Rise of Skywalker. Um. Oh. As a disclaimer, he didn't send me any notes for the podcast because we kind of threw this one off the cuff a little bit. Yeah, so we're... So all of my answers are going to be completely unscripted, <laughs> like most of what I say. Which could be good or bad, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> um, so what was your first feelings as far as the, the trailer? Well, obviously it was more of the same for me. I'm hopeful. I want this one to be better um, than The Last Jedi. I want this one to redeem Star Wars. And honestly, I think that J.J. Abrams has probably got the best shot of doing it. Um, Obviously, obviously, there was a lot of things in the uh, trailer that did seem cool. I mean, the... Star Destroyers coming up out of the uh, nebula, it looked like was awesome, and then the one in particular busting up out of either the ground or ice or water, whatever that was. Um, just some great visuals, even in just a trailer. Uh, there was a couple of things. The, the horseback riding looked cool until you realized they were riding on the side of a Star Destroyer. I find that a little weird. <laughs> But overall, it it made me hopeful that this one is going to turn out good. Now, anybody that's that's known me online has known that I have made it very clear that I do not like Ryan Johnson's iteration of the movie, and I don't give I don't give two dams what anybody says that JJ was a part of it. He was executive producer. Executive producer is his whole job is to make sure that the movie is running on time in budget he doesn't write he doesn't direct you know what he said was was not only seemed so scripted but so scripted to the point of i don't want to piss anybody off i don't want to be mean to a director and his vision and i'm using air quotes here yeah Uh, they were cya yeah it just you know and the thing is that the problem with ryan johnson Ryan Johnson, as a director, is actually a pretty damn good director. The problem is is that he should have had no business writing the movie. And coming into to the, this movie that was already sort of set up by another, by another person, another set of writers and all that stuff, they should have never let him come in with the attitude of, this is my movie, this is my story. This should have been a Star Wars story that you tell in in a Star Wars way. That's the problem, is that he was trying to make his movie. But his movie didn't correspond with Star Wars as a setting. Well, and what had already been established. I mean, Yeah. Uh, uh, That's uh, the problem. When you're writing tr- uh, in the middle of a trilogy, you have to set up what's coming after it, but you have to use the setups of what came before it. 
And yes, there's the argument that The Force Awakens was a little uh, safe. It was really, really safe. But it was it was safe in the way it was it was clean safe in, in my book it was it didn't have anything we didn't really expect it didn't have you know which, well, there was the one thing well there's the one thing but it didn't have anything that that wasn't that didn't feel star wars like it it still felt like a george lucas star wars could the, sto- and the thing was is that it did set up ways that it could branch off right that it could make different strides in the Star Wars universe, but not the way Ryan Johnson. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan Johnson definitely. I, they I, set it up to go nine on the scale of different. He went twenty. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, there was there were some. I, I say with that movie, there was a lot of highs and a lot of lows, and unfortunately, the lows ruined kind of ruin the movie for me if you will and i say that yeah. kind of i kind of say that loosely because i it wasn't necessarily a bad film it just wasn't right yeah and too much of it felt like it was ryan johnson from thumbing his nose to the fans saying, it, they gave me control i can do this deal with it well and it and, shouldn't have been that way and the thing is too when you look at the look at the ryan johnson movie it was a situation of you're right. Everything, everything that the fans were asking about, who is Ray? What is her lineage? What is her background? He said, "Fuck you. She's a nobody." Yeah. Okay. You you kill off Luke Skywalker, which I think shouldn't have happened in the second movie, especially that, that for of all the reshoots, considering Carrie Fisher's death. Well, he, she didn't die till after the movie. Right, but they were doing reshoots. She died during the reshoots. Like, but her stuff was already done. But the thing is, of all the reshoots and all the changes they could have made, him dying in that movie to me just didn't feel right. Now see, unfortunately for me, that is the one thing. Even though I didn't agree with it, that's the one thing that felt the most Star Wars about the movie. I but felt that's because of the structure of Star Wars. You have the hero, you have the mentor mentor must die so the hero can step up into the position they need to be in so if luke is her is ray's mentor he has to move on so the torch can be passed i just the the thing for me about about him possibly dying was kind of the way it was done like i want i wanted a full-on like luke being a total badass in in a certain way he was i was gonna say come on the wasn't badass enough and i just did the the shoulder brush yeah in a certain way it was but come on he projected himself half the galaxy away after having not used force abilities for 15 years and just completely owned his nephew what more luke skywalker way is there but palpatine choked some guy halfway across in a movie halfway across the universe (laughs) i mean he didn't he had vader do it no, there was a scene where he did it to somebody. Oh, I swear there was a... Was it Vader? Man, that tells you... Now, Vader did force choke somebody on a different Star Destroyer. Well, that meant, maybe that was what I'm thinking. But it, it just... I don't know. It was one of those things, like, I, I wasn't quite ready for the, for for him 
to die in that movie, which was a, which was a big kind of surprise. It wasn't necessarily a bad death. It was just I felt like there was there was still some more to be told. In, but, but in see, the problem is, is you're getting emotional. But this and was supposed to be the. But, are not the right way to go. But this was supposed anger, to be the Skywalker story. And if yeah, and if Ray's a nobody and she's not a Skywalker. <laughs> Ray's the person that history will remember got rid of the Skywalkers. Now the galaxy can finally go back to normal. No, instead of, they're gonna call they're gonna call the Jedi the Skywalkers. That's what they're gonna be called from now yeah, on. Yeah, because she's going to memorialize them, but there's gonna be no Skywalkers left. Think about it, the galaxy was going fine until the Skywalker showed up. Anakin showed up, then there was the Clone Wars, then the Empire took over, then Luke showed up with the Rebellion, and that threw everything into another galactic civil war. Well, and technically, technically, this was all Palpatine's fault. He started it all. Well, yeah, but that's what Siths do. (laughs) But, you know, it, it, kind of going back to the, to that movie, it, the the best scene in the entire movie was the hyperspace scene but i felt like that's where carrie fisher's character should have been the one doing the sacrifice oh the uh holdo maneuver yes the the part where in the uh theater your son sneezed <laughs> he did um but you know the thing was like i absolutely I, i'll be honest i kind of hated that character because in going into this, this one of the stupid things about this whole movie was, she, you know, she kept telling Poe, "No, no, no, you're gonna do it my way. You're gonna do it my way." And then she had some secret plan that that she was doing behind. He's your general. He is your. He is your. You know, he was number three in command. Uh, uh, but remember, Leia demoted him. Really, you're you're on the run. There's probably less than five thousand of them left. And you, you know, he's really not. He was their number three. You know, and to not just say, "Hey, here's what here's what the plan is. We're gonna we're gonna ram this through this, and we're gonna take you know destroy his carrier ship." Well, maybe she did so, trying to keep Poe from being the one to perform the action, because she knew that the resistance needed him. Uh, maybe to a certain respect. There's different ways of looking at it. She was she was a total asshat to him for really very little reason. Um, he was an asshat to her. Yeah, after she was an asshat to him. Where does it start and where does it end? Where did you go, Cotton Eye Joe? Gotta 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 uh, give respect to get respect, and and she pretty much disrespected him from the from the moment. She and him were in the same room together. But look at what she had to work out for. You know, Leia had just demoted him, and she knew it because she even makes mention of it in the uh, movie, in a line of dialogue. So she knows that he was, you know, railing against uh, Leia before she uh, had her uh, spacewalk, if you'll call it that. So she didn't know coming into it how to take Poe except based upon what had happened before. I mean, we can sit here and argue this minutiae oh, yeah, whatever. And that probably shouldn't be the, the meat of this podcast. Substance. Probably not. But, you know, let's talk about the spacewalk. Fans, 
I don't that that uh, that is the one thing I I don't understand with fans. Any real and this has got to be coming from the the what I would call the movie fans, the people that that only watch the movies. Yeah, yeah, because the ones that have read the books know Leia became a Jedi. I and obviously that continuity is not there anymore. Right. But, I am not a I'm not a big book reader. I didn't read a lot of the Star Wars books, but I knew that. I knew that Leia had powers, and I knew that Leia, at a certain point, had trained enough to use them. And frankly, that was a, you know, it was another version of force push or pull. Well, actually, coincidentally enough, I've uh, just recently been reading the Aftermath series, uh, which is a book series that goes in between uh, Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens, and it was part of the promotional push for the Force Awakens, and. Um, in the second, I'm on the second book now, almost done with it, and uh, in it, it actually has Leia is talking, it talks about Leia and Luke having talked about the Force abilities and how she would eventually start hearing the call of the Force and stuff like that, and in a rudimentary way, she was actually in the book for or, uh, practicing uh, getting in tune with the Force. So I don't know how the third book obviously plays out yet because I haven't got there yet. Yeah, but and for anybody that happen. for anybody that that is a movie fan but never read the read the books, Leia actually became pretty badass to the Force in the books. Oh yeah. Um, in what what is now called Legends, she was a pretty big badass. She kicked her brother's ass once. Yeah, she did. But that was while he was to the dark side, so <laughs> it's a little clouded. Yeah, and I I. I will admit the CG wasn't as good as I think it should have been, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't horrible, but I it was it, like the CG was very obvious. But as far as the maneuver of what happened, I had no problem with that. But as a, like I said, as a more than an average, what I would consider an average movie fan, um, I understood that she had powers and she had force abilities, and it was just a, it was a force pull. That's all she did. She she force pulled the handle instead of you know instead of like where Ray grab you know. Ray, who's all of a sudden never used the force, is you know reaching out and grabbing the the lightsaber. It's it's the same thing, except you know she was grabbing a hand, she was going for a handle on the ship, or an, or an object on the ship that she was pulling herself to- towards, instead of a lightsaber coming towards her. That's all it was. Why the fans went absolutely ape shit about that scene, I have no idea. That one that one boggled my mind. Yeah, that was a non-issue. And, and I, honestly, in my opinion, it took too long for her to finally manifest. But once again, we're talking about, uh, you know, a guy that's read most, if not all, of the legend books pertaining to her becoming a Jedi. Right. And and I was, uh, I guess, my last little complaint, uh, and you and I have both have had this discussion many times over, is the Canto bite scene. It was just the pacing was wrong. The the scene itself was fine. It just shouldn't have been in that movie in that spot. Yeah, you're in the... It was Star Wars. Everything was fine with it. It was visually very impressive. You know, it showed a different part of the Star Wars universe that we really hadn't seen before. It's just in that movie, in that uh, part of the movie, it wasn't right. Yeah, all all their friends are, are literally about to be obliterated, and they're skating off to a freaking casino to get a code breaker. <laughs> it, honestly, 
and, and while I've said this many times, and you and I have had this discussion, I've said many times, if they were, uh, this should have been the bring, the bringing in of Londo. They should have went mm-hmm. to go get Londo to, to bring something, bring a group of people, whatever. Orlando should have been the connection that got them the it, yeah. uh, uh, slicer, and then that would have alerted him to what was going on. And that way it would have made sense when we see him in the next movie why he rallied and joined them again. Right. And, and the thing is, I could even see in a situation where he goes, you know, I'm a little too old to be doing this, but here, here's what you need. You know, give him my blessing. You know, that Probably type. Inter- get introduced to Londo's uh, son or daughter. Yeah, that absolutely. That could have been a, that could have been a perfect tie-in um, for them. And I... I like I said, that whole scene just felt really out of place. You got the, you got planets that are literally being blown. Five or six planets that just got major planets in the Star Wars history are getting blown up, and there's this casino where all these rich people are hanging out and having a good old time, and the world's about to end. Type of situation. It's like, really. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though, and I hate to get a little real with this, but, um all the stuff going on in Syria right now, has that stopped the people in Vegas from gambling? Yeah, but it's a little more a little more real when you're talking about planets that are being destroyed. But at the same time, the scale goes up bigger. Does the planet or a group of planets really matter to you if you're on the other side of a galaxy? Yeah, but it didn't seem like I'd have to look, I mean, we'd have to look at a, at a Star Wars map and see where Canto Bight versus the battle, but it just didn't seem like Canto Bight was that far out out of the edge, you know what I mean? I'm pretty sure they uh, said that it was on the Outer Rim, mm. which um, the New Republic is in the uh, core. That's half or more of the galaxy away, depending upon exact locations. Yeah, and... Not to dwell too much on the Ryan Johnson movie because we could go on bitching about. I was going to say we've already been at this for about Probably. twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, it's now, about twenty so. minutes into, into that. <laughs> but here's what I will say about the first J.J. Abrams: it was a little too overly safe. I kind of wish they didn't do like I give him credit for using Star Killer Base, the name, because that is a, a, a name that has actually been. Because anybody doesn't know, Star Killer was actually the original was supposed to be the original name for Skywalker. Luke. Uh, his last name, anyway. Um, but it also has somewhat significance because of, of books. Wasn't there was something about was Star Killer Base was also supposed to be a. No, it was. There was, um, there was something Force that. Force Unleashed. Um, the Secret Apprentice of Darth Vader. Oh, that's right. Uh, codenamed Star Killer. I knew there was another tie in that, that is technically not canon anymore. Um,. I just couldn't couldn't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it, it, you know. So it harpens Star Wars encyclopedia. Yeah. It, it harpens back to things we, that have come in the past in the past stories. Here's my thing with it: was it safe? Yes, I acknowledge that. But it was also our first Star Wars movie in almost what was it, 15 years? Something like that. Uh, it was because I forget when uh, uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. So. And it was the first one from Disney. So I didn't expect it to be completely turning Star Wars end over end. 
and I was fine with that because it was what it was supposed to be. It was hope for a continuation of something that we loved. Right. And if that meant that the first one out, we had to have a little bit more of everything we'd had before to get our feet wet again. I'm fine with that. I just wish it wasn't another like Death Star-ish. That that was probably my if I have to if I have to critique that is really my only complaint is the is I would have been fine with a new probably a different type of Star Destroyer that had the ability to blow up a planet or whatever versus a but a, a, another planet moon whatever you want to call it Death Star type uh, super weapon was kind of like blah to me. Other than that, I like the Death Star soap. Yeah, I, well I do too, but it, it's also a situation where it's like. Can you really affect something else? In fact, that was kind of the joke. The first, the first uh, trailer of Rise of Skywalker we saw, because going a little bit back to that, you know, we see, we see parts of the Death Star, you know, the at least the first, either the first or the second one, whichever one's pretty sure at this point is the second one. It's the second one. Um, because we it's see the first one blew up over the moon of uh, Yavin, and yeah. that, as far as I'm aware, didn't have large water masses. Um, so the, but the, the, the big thing with that one, like I said, it, it was safe. Uh, other than the, like I said, the Starkiller base thing was, I was pretty well fine with that movie as far as the way it went. Um, obviously it had questions that left things that we wanted answered, which we figured would come in the form of comic books and regular books and, uh, encyclopedia type of things. Which is probably my biggest disappointment in the ho- in this whole trilogy. Um, one has to do with Snoke. We've gotten very only real, real recently have we started getting books that actually sort of talk about Snoke. But my understanding, they don't go into his prior to the First Order stories. Yeah, even then, it's you know um, snippets at best. Yeah, so I've been pretty disappointed with that. I've also been very disappointed with the Knights of Ren. They made such a big deal about it in the first movie. Um, you know, making several mentions of the Knights of Ren. There was all kinds of toys involved with the Knights of Ren. I mean, it was so ridiculous. It's the... Um, you know, honestly, we've seen more Boba Fett than we have... <laughs> Then we have the Knights of Ren, and they, I think the Knights of Ren have gotten more toys than, than Boba Fett, I think, ever did. <laughs> I think you're wrong, but okay. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, most of the toys we've ever gotten for Boba Fett were, were an action figure and the ship. That's it. We've gotten variations of it over the years, but typically it's those two items. For the Knights of Ren, there were, there were lightsabers, there was costumes, there was toys, there were well, Boba Fett didn't carry a lightsaber, and you can't recreate his gun without getting slapped with a bunch of safety warnings. That's even if you could sell it in this day and age at all, because it's a gun. Well, even back in the 80s, I don't think they, they got his... No, but they didn't do any of the Star Wars weapons back in the 80s. But, I mean... And that now they have collector ones that are like thousands of dollars yeah. for their one-to-one props. Tell me that. Um... But yeah, I, I think Knights of the Ren were, for what, whatever the hell they were supposed to be, and I'd be very curious to see what the backstory of that ended up being. I think we're supposed, there's some talk that we're supposed to get some resolution about the Knights of Ren in, in The Rise of Skywalker, but we haven't really, um, nothing's been confirmed. It's all rumored at this point. Um, but so we let's talk about the big elephant in the room. <laughs> Palpatine. 
I kind of I understand why Palpatine is 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 sort of coming back. The question is going to be, is he going to be a force ghost or force projection? Or is he going to actually be a flesh and blood character? I think they're going to go ahead and because of the whole push with the legends thing and saying they can pick and choose what they want. Since they've decided to bring him back, I think they're going to do some variation of him coming back flesh and blood. See, I think I think he's going to be I think he's going to be a, like a force, almost like a force ghost. Or I think the scenes that we've been seeing with Ray in the in the trailers, I think those are projections, just like the projections she had when she grabbed the lightsaber. Mm. I think she's going to have a similar experience. She's going to touch something of Palpatine's. And oh yeah, that brings up another conversation I want to have because I've not actually had this with you. Have you seen any of the things online um, that are? Uh, speculating that the dagger we see in her hand and that scene where her and Kylo are destroying the uh, um, whatever that is, that statue might be the dagger from uh, Mortis. There's a lot the, of talk uh, about the... Yes. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, um, there were, uh, there was an episode, a couple of, it was a couple episodes, I think, uh, spanned out. a couple episodes of Clone Wars where um, Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Ahsoka got uh, taken to um, they say it's a planet but it was really kind of an alternate dimension a little pocket dimension it's a pocket dimension of the force basically yeah and there were three entities that lived there that were supposedly the last remaining members of the ancient species called the celestials and these people had grown so powerful in the force that they had become aspects of the force there was the son who was dark side the daughter who was light side and the father who was the balance between them and they were called the ones and um spoilers for that storyline there was a dagger on the planet that could actually kill them it's the only thing that basically could and it was basically used to kill all three of them um which made that Dagger, one of the most powerful artifacts, both, you know, in the Force and just normally in the universe. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that episode, but I'm not, like, I don't remember if they actually took the dagger with them. No, I'm pretty sure they didn't. So that'd be, um, that would be an interesting thing to see. I think it was after they left that um, the father used it to kill himself. Well, no, 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 that's, that's how they... That's how they defeated this because son killed daughter this, with it. Right, the son accidentally killed the daughter with it because he was going to kill the father. The father stabbed himself because when he did that, it made them mortal. And then Anakin lightsabered the son. That's now how I'm going to have to track down that episode and watch it because I don't remember it that way. Yeah, that's you that, could be right. That's exactly that's the way it went down because the son had got a, got a hold of the knife, tried to kill the father. But the daughter Randall stepped in. Daughter stepped in the way. I remember that part, yeah. And the only way to kill the son was for the father to sacrifice himself, which made the son mortal. Because of, for whatever reason, I don't know why. That, that was one of those weird things they they sort of explained at the very end of it, right before it happened, but not why. Well, he was he was the, the progenitor. He was the, the balance point. So removing um, him obviously would you know weaken 
and I think it was even now come to think of it, I think it was said that way. He dies, son temporarily weakens. That was their chant and their only chant. Right. But I remember afterwards they barely remembered being there, and obviously Anakin didn't remember the visions that were given to him uh, about you, his future. But you know what? There was no dagger. There's a lot of speculation to that. That because for anybody, I apologize if you're not familiar with the episode, so spoiler at this point. But the other thing that that, that always drew back in the back of my mind because the son had given. Anakin the visions of what he could become and what he ultimately did become the thing is because it wasn't long after that Anakin started having nightmares he started you know having dreams Mm-mm. no he was having the dreams before that they might have gotten worse because him and, was... uh, you got to remember the, the him and Padme it was after clone, it was towards the end of Clone Wars when they of the of the cartoon that before they really got together because they got married at the end of Attack of the Clones. Right. But that was that was after the Clone Wars t- cartoon. No, it wasn't. Clone Wars cartoon took place in between Attack of the Clones and Return of the Jedi. Mm. Yes, because there would have been no Clone Wars because Attack of the Clones started the Clone Wars. See, I think, that if, if I recall this correctly, Attack of the Clones was... Between two and three. Yes, that's what I just said. Attack of the Clones, or uh, Clone Wars is between two and three. And it's at the end but of they two. Were, but, they were not, the but they were not married. Okay. They were not married in the show. Yes, they were. Because they got married at the end of uh, uh, the second movie, Attack of the Clones. I'm going to have to look that up because I do not think that was Sorry for the awful silence, but we're uh, we yeah, we're both searching the interwebs now. See, he's right. Okay, their marriage occurred at twenty-two BBY. I'm trying to see where this fits in the t- where Clone Wars fits in the timeline. That damn cat, I swear. Yeah, I hear him again. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about accolades. Of the See, that's the problem, though, is that uh, a lot of the uh, Clone Wars, and I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day about this, it jumps around in the uh, continuity, and um, it's like if you watch the Clone Wars television show, 
from start to finish. That's not not proper uh, chronological order. When did you say they got married? 22 BBY before Battle of Yavin. Okay. Um, and I know this was pretty late in the series. Darth Maul, when Darth Maul and... Uh, is it Savage Oppress? Ally themselves with the Death Watch? That was at 19 BBY. Yeah, but that was at the tail end because that was uh, part of that storyline didn't get resolved till Rebel. Right. So that was towards the end, which which would and I'm I'm trying to find see where that the Mortis uh, episode falls into timeline here. Oh no! Do not let him in here. I apologize for the cat that's now meowing in the background. My daughter let him in my room. Yeah, this uh, this one's talking about continuity of the show and saying about how Anakin received his scar. Because um, he had a uh, noticeable scar um, from Asajj Ventress. I but anyway, they're I'm talking recording. about that. And it's saying that he received the scar in 20 BBY, yet the series begins in 22 BBY. So again, Attack of the Clones finished, they got married, 22 BBY, then the Clone Wars television show starts. Because if you think about it, we do not know, just on the movies alone, we don't know anything about Anakin having uh, a Padawan. And if the events of the Clone Wars television show occur between the two movies, that would be the reason why we never saw a Well, that, that would still put it between the second and third movie. Or, I mean, the first and the second movie. Sorry, first and the second movie. No, no, it wouldn't. Because Anakin was still a Padawan then. The second movie and the third movie is where the Clone Wars happen. Because if it was the first movie, there's no Clone Wars yet. The first movie was just Attack, uh, was, uh, or Phantom Menace, and Anakin's still that annoying little 12-year-old boy. Okay, so Soka leaves in 19 BBY. The person who leaves never had to become a part of the Force, so this was 19. Yeah, it does say it's after... This one does. 
here's another one. Ahsoka becomes Anakin's uh, apprentice at the start of the Clone Wars. That was the Battle of Christophsis. That happens in 22 BBY. Yeah, that's weird. I always thought, I always thought the the Clone Wars series was in between. Oh. So just let everybody at home know that I was right. It just doesn't feel right because they don't. They specifically like totally ignore that, that them being married, in the cartoon. That's because they were <clears throat> hiding. Yeah, but there's never a time where the two of them are together, in a setting that they can be that open they're always senators around or they're in the capitol building or they're out on a mission yeah but they there are times time with there are times when they, they were on missions by themselves together on ships together i mean there were there were but times not that by themselves and if it's that they're not going to show that they're not going to show any of the lovey-dovey stuff in a kid y7 or television show because yeah, but the, like they, kids aren't going to want to see that. They don't like they they totally don't even act like they're together. That's because Anakin is a Jedi who is not allowed to get married, and therefore he has to guard himself from that sort of action. He knew that when he married her. She knew that when he married him. Where where is this new? Because we know we're going to get another one more season of Clone Wars. Where is that? supposed to really Disney Plus well and I, I believe that's early 2020 right right but that, that is that literally going to be right before Revenge of the Sith um some of it yes some of it no um <clears throat> obviously things ramp up kind of fast um they're towards the end and again the chronology the chrono ah, I can't say that word tonight but the the uh, the Clone Wars itself jumped around a bit, so there might be some episodes that are actually before everything we've already seen. Um, obviously, I know part of what they're wanting to do is the storyline where um, Ahsoka is on Mandalore, and that actually is... Uh, she was on Mandalore when Order 66 went down. Um, so... Obviously, that part of the season is going to be right at the end of Revenge of the Sith. I wonder if we'll actually see that or not. What? If we're actually going to see Order 66 go down on the on the episode. Well, if they play it out the way they've talked about it in stories. I was going to say, you just got really yeah, worried. Yeah, <laughs> camera went fuzzy. That's why I put my hand up. Um, but if they do it the way that the stories uh, like the Ahsoka novel and stuff have uh, portrayed it then yes because um, on Mandalore she's not a part of the Jedi Order but she's helping them Anakin gets called away Um, they're fighting Darth Maul and they actually have Darth Maul captured but then Order 66 comes down and apparently at some point Rex had removed his inhibitor chip so um he doesn't follow 66 and the two of them kind of watch either watch each other watch each other's backs and uh, stop either stop or kill the clones that are attacking them Maul gets away that's the reason why we get to see him continued in Rebels and her and Rex decide it would be too dangerous for the two of them to be 
together and they go their separate ways. They, uh, the Ahsoka novel talks about it in flashback. They made a grave and put a random clone in it uh, with Rex's armor, but they threw her lightsabers in to make it seem like he killed her and she killed him, and then they both walked away. Yeah, and we know from from Rebels that Rex and then it was what three or four Rex, other Wolf and I forget the third guy's name, but there were three of them. Three of them, okay. Um, and we know at some point Ahsoka ends up with white lightsabers, which I would love to know the full part of that story. That's how she. Ended I can up. tell you because it happened in uh, the Ahsoka novel. I haven't read the Ahsoka, so feel free to, <laughs> to ruin it for me. No, I'm telling you that's when it happens, and if you want to read it, you can, or I can tell you. No, just choice. go ahead and spoil it for me, because I, I, I wish I had time to read the books, but I don't. Okay, stuff's going down. Um, she's, of course, running from the Empire and trying to hide and everything, but she keeps running every time the Empire shows up. Then she decides she's not going to, and she's going to stay and fight. And she does so, and the uh, Resistance goes uh, awry. And in the event of saving uh, some of the resistance fighters that she'd become overly attached to, she has to use the Force. So that calls in an Imperial Inquisitor, the ones that we see from, I think it was uh, Seventh Brother, got sent. Uh, it's the same one, same group that we see in Rebels. One of their numbers shows up. And there's a bit of cat and mouse going on. She's gone for a couple months. She starts actually helping people and then decides to go back because she feels guilty. And she also, and she makes up her mind because she'd been slowly picking up pieces for a lightsaber. But obviously the biggest thing she's missing is the crystal. And she even takes a trip to Ilum to possibly get new crystals because she cares it's described that when a Padawan or a youngling builds their first lightsaber, they can hear the song of the crystal as opposed to theirs. And again, there's another episode of uh, Clone Wars that dealt with that too. And she hears the song, she goes to Ilum, she realizes they're not there. She decides she's just going to have to go back to the moon that she was on with the Resistance people that she left to help them without them. She gets there, she fights the uh, Inquisitor, and ends up killing him, and she realizes then that the crystals that are singing to her are the ones in his lightsaber, and he has one of the uh, spinning double-bladed lightsabers. So he's got more than one. She actually kills him by damaging the lightsaber, and when he tries to turn it back on, it blows up in his face, killing him. <laughs> but the crystals are unharmed, and when she takes them, because they've made it into continuity now that the... Uh, Dark side lightsabers are red because they are bleeding the force out of the crystals, basically damaging them. And Ahsoka purifies them again, which turns them white. And that's how she got her white crystals for her white lightsaber. Yeah, that's one of those weird things they never they never really talked about in Rebels. But if you think about it, where would they really have the point to do so? Does it really advance the story any talking about how she got her lightsabers? It would have been... A, it's fine to be expected that she built new ones. Obviously, you know, anybody that's deeper in the lore knows that building the lightsabers, one, is a very personal process for the Jedi, and two, 
it's incredibly difficult to get a hold of the crystals, even more so after the Empire was farming them for building a uh, certain uh, planet-killing uh, small moon that's not a moon. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of figured that at one point there'd be a discussion between... Um, um, oh, shit. <laughs> Ezra, Kanan, yeah. and her? Yeah, concerning lightsabers, because obviously Ezra ends up having to build his own, which he, he builds probably... Actually, I don't remember. How did he get his crystal for his lightsaber? They never discussed that. <laughs> That I recall. Hand wave. Yeah. <laughs> These are not the questions you're wanting to ask. No. <laughs> yeah, Noah, that, that was one of those things that was never really discussed. You're right. It, it wasn't a... Um, it wasn't a situation that I recall that he... And know, then after his stunner saber blew up, how did he build his other lightsaber? Was he able to retrieve the crystal? That was another thing they didn't talk about. <laughs> is, this, is this not the topic you want to talk about? Um, but you know, talking about rebels, I mean, overall, I, I enjoyed rebels. Um, I, w- I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had, I thought it was <laughs> rebels is better than last Jedi. I hate to say it, but you're right. I said it. <laughs> um, but for some reason, the new, the new, uh, the new cartoon, I just can't get into it at all. Yeah. Resistance. Where rebels was a Y7 cartoon that still had enough to appeal to adults. By what I've watched from Resistance, there's not enough there. There was a sh- well, there was a show that kind of grew. You, you grew with the characters, and and they changed a little bit, and they, you know, there was there there was there was a proper Star Wars story in there, for me, and when it, the I guess my biggest problem with Resistance is Resistance has a Jar Jar Binks problem. Like three of the characters are as annoying as Jar Jar Binks. One of them is just as bad is just annoying to listen to like i literally cannot listen to to that that character talk i'll also admit to that um with rebels the art style kind of i didn't like it it was jarring to me especially seeing certain things that i know what they look like because they're in other movies or comic books or you know famous artwork and then that specific art style they used for the show just didn't work. But as the show went, it grew on me to the point where now I'm used to it. And maybe I didn't give Resistance enough time, but that cell shaded that they were trying to do with it. I felt like they were going for style. I, I almost felt it like they were going like a, like a Japanese market type. Because uh, it, feels, it feels very almost child Japanese-like character as far as the way that the, they're drawn and and maybe maybe but regardless we both agree the art style was a little off-putting in resistance even more so than rebels yeah i i just i couldn't um i couldn't get into watching it i, I got about four ep- three or four episodes in and i just i couldn't stand it anymore i think i made it three so you made it farther than i me. I, I think I, I stopped in the middle of like the fourth episode now it's one of those things that um once it hits Disney Plus, I might give it a try again. Just try to but crash I, through it because yeah, there just are some to say that I've done it. There are some story arcs because it is dealing with the First Order and Poe and Captain Phasma and all that. But that's part of the reason why I'm reading the aftermath novels, and I've got another novel to read after that, Star Wars, and then I'm going to read the Phasma novel too, so I can get caught up on those stories. 
Alright, um... Hurting. Well, let me tr flip the script a little bit here then, since this is the one that I'm waiting on. What were your feelings on the Mandalorian trailers? I'm hopelessly optimistic. I think it, I think it has potential. I'm I'm intrigued. Um, I'm you and I both are kind of fans of Mandalorian. We love. Well, I I will admit I was a bit of a fanboy where Boba Fett was concerned because the armor was cool, his attitude was cool. Yes, he didn't do anything in the story. I accept that. <laughs> I was a fan of him in the novels. Um, there was a novel he got a series. lot more love in the novels. Yeah. Um, but there was a novel series uh, that dealt with the clone troopers and the clone commandos and the Mandalorians that I absolutely loved. And that actually has been the modern resurgence of the Mandalorians as far as fleshing out their culture and stuff like that. Now they're not canon anymore, and the Clone Wars TV show kind of changed that around. But yes, I'm a very big fan of the Mandalorian. Um, as a whole, and so I'm I'm very excited for it. I always uh, for anybody that that maybe doesn't know a lot about Mandalorians, Mandalorians are kind of the uh, Klingons of Star Wars. They're mm, they're proud. That far. Well, think about it. They're a proud race, warrior race. They have very very set customs. Now a lot of that's changed over the years because of war and civil war and and all that kind of stuff but i, I kind of describe them in that way because they are they have those similarities they're they're very warlike or warrior like but they don't smell as bad yeah they don't smell as bad it's <laughs> they, contained in the armor they they don't uh they also don't eat gawk <laughs> that i'm aware of yeah they, they don't eat a plate of worms um but they have but they're also mostly uh Depending on the faction of, of Mandalorian, they're 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 a very uh, code based uh, group of, of warriors, and you're right they they've they've had minuscule amounts of love in certain in certain aspects, and like I said, a lot of that was more hashed out in the in what's now Legends. Um, but as far as the trailer's concerned, um, like I said, I'm I'm hopelessly optimistic obviously having john favreau excites me about it i'd love for him to do a star wars movie and considering the re <laughs> most recent touch, happenings touch, that push, push. that might that could happen um i'm always a fan of dave filoni dave filoni is you know he was trained by lucas <laughs> i mean we just had this discussion not too long ago that we honestly believe dave filoni would be the kevin fagan of Star Wars. Yeah, he, he... He's the man that should helm it and steer it into its very bright and profitable future. Yeah, I, I think he's he's definitely that character, or he's that person that could, that should be involved in all the writing. He should be involved in all the storytelling. Um, and, you know, he, he understands how to, he understands how to tell a good story in a Star Wars universe. And... I think uh, I so. The th two of them working on a project together has got very high potential to be just absolutely awesome. And I and I'm trying not to I'm trying not to to over fanboy it. I, I'm trying not to be you know I don't want to get my hopes up too high. You know I don't want to over uh, over expect. Uh, but 
and unfortunately being the one who does know I know more uh, Mandalorian words than I do Klingon words so yeah I I can't I can't bring myself back I want this to be absolutely awesome I want it to be the the next best thing for Star Wars I wouldn't even care if this television show turned out that good if the rise of skywalker didn't i wouldn't care that's just kind of the way i feel about it right now yeah and i mean at least everything we've seen so far it looks it looks gritty it looks it looks very as far as it's a live show or what i would call a live show but no it's live action it's it you know it's not going to have a ton of cg in it it's going to be very live action well that's one of the things that john favreau said is that he was trying to do as much practical as he could because he preferred that level of visual immersion And, and at least in the trailer it shows i mean like the very first scene in the in the trailer there's a bunch of stormtrooper helmets and they're all they almost look like they've been burnt or charred or, or like they've been a little out in the sun too long. And they've definitely been sitting there for a minute. <laughs> and Actually, the one on the left looks like it was a uh, original uh, toy from uh, the 80s that's been sitting in somebody's closet for a while with that yellowish... Uh, 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 oh, I can't think of the right word. Uh, but that yellowish look to it. Like the old PlayStation and uh, Nintendo consoles get. Oh, you're talking about well. I, I'm thinking more like the old, uh, like the Apple old Apple computers get that. Yeah. We have to retro them to make them mm-hmm. the right color again. But I mean, it, it is that kind of a you know they have said this is going to be kind of a westerny gunslinger, which I'm totally on board for. I was on board for Solo. That, I mean, for all the crap everybody gave Solo, I thought Solo was a good movie. Was I it? I did too. What, no, I, I honestly think it was better than Last Jedi. In my book, it was too, and I think part. And we've had that discussion, but we'll have that for just a discussion just for a moment. The thing for about Solo for me, I think, was it was timing. timing. It it was it was, but in the middle of probably one of the biggest mo- blockbuster movie um, blocks that we've ever seen. There was Deadpool two. There was um, two. Uh, There's a couple of Marvel uh, movies. movies. Yeah. And then there was a couple other big name movies that came out at the time. So, yeah, it was just bad timing for that movie. And coming out of all the all the hate the Last Jedi was getting, I think people were a little like anti Star Wars at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I think if they had pushed that to December or even maybe the following year, I think it would have been fine. Um, but I thought it was it, don't get me wrong, it didn't blow my socks off. It it, it wasn't it wasn't the move like the, the it wasn't something to just oh my god, I can't believe this was ever made. But it was a good story. It was a good Star Wars movie. It it was again the same thing that I said with uh um Rogue One. It's not a story that we necessarily wanted. But it told a good story in an area that we hadn't that that was open for exploration. And what's sad is the fact that in my ranking of Star Wars movies, Rogue One and Star War uh, and and so- Solo actually rank higher than for me than the last two <laughs> Skywalker's. You know, um, 
I, and I don't know. I don't know why that should be, but it is. It just to me, they told better stories. They they were more coherent. Um, you know, I think Rogue One, while it did everything to fit in, in the Star Wars, uh, continuity, it did a great job in doing that. Um, it was also a completely new telling of of a a, a particular moment in t- in Star Wars history. You know, um, without. It didn't have it, you know. It played on nostalgia a little bit, but it didn't have to. It didn't have to play it like it did in the. Well, the honestly, Rogue One did tell a story that was. It wasn't anything anybody was overly eager to ask for, but there was always the lingering question: How did they get the Death Star? How it, did Leia wind up in the situation she was in? Now we know. But you know, and, it was, and it's it's but, interesting that it's interesting to, though that how that movie ended. Was the fact you know? And spoilers. <laughs> if, if you're not if you're not already spoiled, it's you know. Well, at this point, shouldn't be listening to us. Um, but you know, w- having all the characters die, which apparently was not part of the original plan. They said was they were actually one or two of the characters were going to live, but having all the characters die felt you felt something more more to to them to those characters. For me, Kate felt the plight of the uh, rebellion that much more because you saw that nobody made it out alive. And, and the sad at least part, none of the stars can do. Right, and the sad part is the worst one for me is K two S O, is the droid. I think he had Actually, the. I think he had the best death in the entire movie. He definitely had one of the most uh, meaningful deaths. His death ensured that they were able to get the plans from the uh, archive and gave them the time to get out so but uh, I just had this discussion with you just the other day we obviously know that Anthony Daniels the guy in the C-3PO costume and voice has said this is his last Star Wars movie and talking the other day I said I would gladly give up Anthony Daniels to have Alan Tudyk be the new droid man for <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, his and voice, I his mocapping, all of it was just perfect for K two S O. I'll tell you the uh, Rogue One movie. I'll tell you what. Let's wrap up the Mandalorian. We'll talk about the last parts of the Skywalker since we've been jumping around because it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of fit into different parts of, the, of our, our discussion. But we'll jump back. But to this lo- is kind of how we talk. Yeah, too, it is. We jump around. We do jump around. If you're not into that, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the way we do. Um, but yeah, I'm excited for The Mandalorian. Everything looks great. I love the fact... One of the big things I love so far with what we've seen in the trailers is The Mandalorian himself, since we don't have a name for him yet, we don't know if we're going to get a name. He is instantly recognizable as being Mandalorian, but he's not Boba Fett. He's not Jango Fett. He is something different. And I appreciate that, and I like that. Yes, his armor is Mandalorian armor. We, well, this trailer, but there's th- different visual cues. This newest trailer has confirmed 100% he has real Mandalorian armor. Yeah, because there's at the beginning of it, he takes a couple of hits from what appears to be a uh, shock pike, um, and then there's a scene with stormtroopers, and he gets shot a couple of times, and he just shrugs it off like it's nothing. Now, his armor does appear to be a heavier version of the Mandalorian armor than what Boba Fett or even Jango Fett had. 
so that could play into it, like the, the shoulder pieces, which is one of the things that he gets shot at directly, and it just glances off. Those are much heavier than what Django or Boba have. So, but yeah, I mean, I like the fact that he looks like he's Mandalorian without being either of those two. He looks like he's an absolute badass by what he does uh, shrug off. But it, it just, it, it's another one of those deals that it's not necessarily a story that we were asking for as fans. But by the looks of things, it's going to be one of those things that's just going to work. It's going to be great. And at least I hope so. And I've seen nothing in the trailer yet to make me think otherwise. I agree. I'm, and certainly once uh, once the show's out and we, we start watching some episodes, we'll obviously we'll sit down and we'll kind of have a Yeah, beginning next year after we've gotten all, because they did say they're stretching the show out to not interfere with Rise of the Skywalker's release. So it's going to be after Christmas before we get the last episodes of this season. So and they're gonna... year's podcast is going to be us reviewing The Mandalorian. Uh, well, and, and that might be the, that might be the one we might do like a mid season, say, Hey, where we think it, the, the season's out. It's going to be, I think eight episodes. We do the first four episode breakdown and then we'll do the last four after the first of the year. Right. We'll do the, the second set. All right. Maybe we can wrap up, uh, um, our review of, uh, rise of Skywalker and the first four episodes of, uh, Mandalorian together in the same podcast. Yeah. We might, we might have, we might do that if we got enough time. Cause you never know how, how, when we get down the rabbit hole, how long this will go. <laughs> Like this podcast? Like this podcast. This is going to be probably an almost two-hour podcast. Um, so jumping back to the, to the Rise of Skywalker trailer, one of the one of the pivotal scenes I think that, that everybody's been talking about, which is C-3PO. And, and just like you said, we knew Anthony Daniels said this was going to be his last. Um, he wasn't doing any more after this. And, and frankly, he's the only actor who has played in every single movie. Um, I think he's also been in every cartoon up until, uh, with the exception of the, I don't know too many times that he hasn't voiced C-3PO for something. Yeah. Cause I'm pretty sure he, cause I, well, we know, I know in Clone Wars, he popped up several mm-hmm. times in, in that. Um, and he also was in the episode that they showed up in, in Rebels. Yep. There was a, there was a Rebels episode. Um, so, with, like I said, with, I don't know if he's ever made a, an appearance in Resistance because obviously we haven't watched that. But he's been in pretty in, in every canon um, movie Star or TV shows. Yeah, so far he he's been involved. Um, so this is his last hurrah. This is his last hurrah, and it may be a huge hurrah. And there's a lot of speculation about what that hurrah might be. Well, we obviously see in the trailer he's getting the back of his head worked on. Yeah, he's having some, some little alien. Right, he's having some type of work done. Uh, what started the whole uproar was everybody seeing him with red eyes. Yeah, that was the last trailer. Um, the red or eyes. The previous trailer. Right, sorry. Has, has has sparked a lot of debate because there's a there's a version of C three PO and it's not hit this particular character but another android like him. Um that was a assassin droid made yeah, to look was, like well there's been a couple of them now in the early legends material there was uh let's see three px he was a uh a bounty hunter assassin he was part of the prequel line and then in canon there was dr afra she had i forget the 
the droid's uh, designation. Was it zero? But there was a yeah, there was triple. It was a triple zero and yeah. BT. I forget what BT's full designation was. BT was an astromech droid, and triple zero was an assassin droid matrix that was put into a three PO uh, model line droid well, body. I want to say in non can what was no longer canon. Wasn't there a thing where C three PO got like a commando program or something and. I want to say there was a, like I there vaguely was, remember something like that, but it's not. I want to say it was like a comic head. book line or something. It's, I know it's no longer. It's not a canon one. It's got to be a legend. But I want to say there was a there was a thing where he got like a commando program and he started literally going in and. Well, let's not forget in Attack of the Clones, he became a battle droid for a little bit. Right, which is another possible speculative, um, maybe what he be, is doing. Fan theory. Um, because in the scene. Um, in the background, you can see a, a Roger Roger droid. Um, and anybody that's watched the movies will understand, will know what I'm talking about when I say Roger a B1 Roger. B1 battle droid from uh, the uh, prequel trilogy. Right. That he might be trying, they may be using C3PO to take control of droid army to face the First Order. Um, the other part of that rumor is that C3PO may have. Uh, information, because you got to remember, like I said, C-3PO has been pretty much there for every major event. The only thing that makes me think that he wouldn't necessarily have the information they're looking for is they were more um, forthcoming with giving him memory wipe. Because at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, um, Bail Organa takes uh, ownership of the R2, R2-D2 and C-3PO and he specifically says to memory wipe the 3PO unit and of course then 3PO laments his, or laments his uh, you know coming fate um, so he has had periodic memory wipe now, obviously, he was originally put together by Anakin, so that's not to say that just a basic memory wipe might not have been enough to get rid of everything. There could have been a hidden storage somewhere. And that's what, every, that's what, that's what part of the speculation is, is, that he has some relevant information that's buried deep in, in his memory, um, but to retrieve it, it's going to, uh, at least the rumor is that it's going to wipe his personality and his um his current memories so i don't know i i, I almost kind of i hate to say it i'm almost kind of hoping he goes commando if you will um if he goes rogue and starts attacking well i don't necessarily mean attacking but just goes like hk 47 badass moment you know where he's actually holding a gun and and going after the first order you know what i mean um there's also some speculation they may be trying to hook him up to the um because we know from one of the scenes um that we could see a huge uh original fleet of um star destroyers and the rumor even older versions of star destroyers the imperial ones 
Right. And the rumor to that, the other part of that rumor is that they may be hooking 3PO up to the control ship. Because supposedly those ships are all controlled by by one control ship. And they're controlled remotely. Right. And so that may be, that may be also one of the reasons why he's... It, kind of the situation where... Um, he's sacrificing himself for them to take control of something to fight back against the First Order. Right, which uh, I think... Man, what is the name of that character from Solo? I can't remember the droid that's that's part of the Millennium Falcon. L something. Yeah, who asked? <laughs> now I gotta look. Yeah, the the for uh, in Solo we find out because if you remember there in a scene from one of the early the original movies, um, R two and um, C three PO talks about how the the computer on the Falcon. Falcon has got three droid brains, and they're arguing with each other. Well, he says they ha- they they talk a, a, a strange dialect, and the nav the one that runs the main part of it, the nav computer was uh was originally the navigation pilot uh, droid L three three seven. Okay, I know it started with an L, but I couldn't remember the designation. Um, I'm the 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 part of that the idea of that is maybe what one of the possible fates of C-3PO is he might be uploading himself to uh, take over the ships to try to prevent the first order from getting control of them. But I will admit, 3PO is one of those characters. He was annoying in the beginning, but over the years he's become a staple of Star Wars, and it's kind of endearing and. It's going to be a little, there's going to be a little tear shed moment if he does have to sacrifice himself in this movie. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right. It's it's going to be it's going to be a tear shed moment. Uh, I'm still very curious to see what they're going to do about Carrie Fisher's character. See, I've heard that um, R2 is going too. There's a scene where uh, right after Anthony Daniels was giving an interview and talking about that scene that everybody has been talking about with the alien messing with his head insides and he said that uh, shortly after that scene uh, he puts his hand on R2 the way he always does and then R2's cap comes off and obviously there's no context we can only assume R2's cap being you know the top of his uh, dome and that would indicate that you know R2 could possibly meet the same fate but there's a lot of talk that that we may find out at the end of this story that this story is being told by R two. That's the, yeah, that, so conflicting. Yeah, and I I think JJ's that, big on that too. Yeah, well, and and the only thing I'm afraid of with these trailers, um, there's a lot of really cool, exciting pieces of it. You know, we talk about the dagger. We talk about where they smash what everyone believes is the statue with the helmet Holy of Vader's Vader. Helmet. Um. You know, obviously there, there's the scene with, you know, C-3PO having red eyes, which could totally, totally be BS. It could be a total misdirect because they did that. I hope, I hope they learned their lesson. That was, a, that was one thing that they made a mistake. They did it real bad on the first one. I don't think they did it as bad on the second um, of the new movies. But the first one, the trailers had a bunch of scenes that, that never made it to the cutting room. They never made it past the cutting room floor. And it totally ruined 
the I won't say the expectations, but there, but not having certain scenes, the hype felt false. Yeah, and it was you know because we didn't get what we were expecting or what we thought being promised. Right, right, and 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 they were there were prominent scenes that didn't that never made it in the movie. Um, Now, and I forget what movie we were talking about where um, the trailer didn't have the trailer wasn't in the movie. But the trailer was used to um, push the narrative for the movie. And so that was fine. But you're absolutely right. Trying to build hype with these spectacular scenes in a trailer and then the events of that scene not being in the movie. At all. I do think is wrong. I think that it is subverting expectations and not in a good way. Okay, there's there's one piece of the of this trailer that I kind of have to shake my head at, and it's the it's the horse the horse riding scene. Well, I think I said it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Them riding the horse is cool. Realizing they're riding the horse on the outside of a star destroyer's hull in the middle of space. That's kind of like them. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of people saying with that speculation because obviously all the people that are doing reaction trailers and speculations and stuff. Um, they're all saying the same thing. Maybe they're not in space. We do know that Star Destroyers can go in atmosphere and surprisingly can go pretty low. Um, yeah, but the power they broke. would need to maintain orb, uh, 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 an in, you know, in atmosphere orbit would be tremendous. Like, oh, yeah, obviously. Like, but it's a Star Destroyer. It can generate that kind of power. I, I, to me, you know, 30 years would have probably used up its fuel supply just trying to maintain its... Not if... Well, there's nothing to say that it was sitting that way the entire time. Yeah, that's true. And it is possible that the planet has atmosphere, but not as much gravity. Remember, we're talking about Star Wars here, where we've got crazy old wizards waving around light swords and using space magic. So yeah, true. Nothing all—it doesn't always work the way that you know Neil deGrasse Tyson would tell you physics works. <laughs> so uh, you know there could be things at play that we don't know because it's not our universe, right? And there could be technologies that you know we don't know. You know the all the speeders and stuff use repulsor lifts. They could have the repulsor uh, a repulsor lift set up to keep it there. So it is an atmosphere, but it's able to withstand or hold its mass up. How the repulsor lifts on the ship itself. Yeah. Or maybe they found some special space fuel that, you know, the liquid Schwartz that lets <laughs> them run Schwartz. for 30 years without <laughs> losing uh, a drop of gas. Oh, oh, liquid Schwartz. You had to bring that up. <laughs> but of course. And then, and then there's the scene uh, where we're... 99% sure is Palpatine sitting on some type of chair or device looking it's down. Throne. Looking Salt throne earlier in the uh, trailer, but the, just not with him in it. It looks like a mechanical device that he's sitting in, though. Well, coming back to life is hard. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. Except in Star Wars, you never really did. Um, no, that's only if you're light side. Dark side has a harder time with it. But... You see, you see this scene where it looks like Palpatine is looking, and we're assuming it's Palpatine looking down at Ray, and Ray is obviously kind of scared. Um, honestly, 
I I've st- I still I still say that I think this is a this is a vision. This is a this isn't a I I don't think we're gonna see him in the flesh. I think everything that we're gonna see is gonna be him projecting a vision to Ray. I don't think we're gonna see a. a I could be wrong, but I don't think I just don't think we're gonna see a actual uh, version of him in the flesh. So you think there's going to be no Matt Smith? I'm not saying that there won't be no Matt Smith, but I'm saying the Palpatine we know, the face, the character, like it might be the voice. Well, obviously, because Ian McDermott has been working on the movie. Right. He's been working on the movie, so we know he's in it in some fashion. But I think everything that we're going to see of him, that er, that character, that actor, is going to be a force projection or, or some type of uh, vision. And I think that uh, I got a feeling, because we've not seen Matt Smith at all in any of these trailers, I think he's going to be the embodiment of the young Palpatine. Maybe. And, and I think the vision might also be the scene that we see Ray that we've seen in another trailer. Not it didn't show up in this last trailer, did it? No, the the double bladed lightsaber yeah. scene in a previous trailer. And, and this is the one I'm afraid of is gonna is not. Excuse me. Didn't make the cutting room floor, or or made you know that got cut is the scene is that scene. I just for some reason I got a feeling that that that's a misdirect. Well, and then when you got all the people that were complaining about it, because of all things, they didn't like the idea of the lightsaber snapping open like a switchblade. There's a lot more things to complain about than that. Yeah, and and that and I think to me, the the coloring and the tone of that scene versus just like this scene that I'm looking at with with Palpatine looking at at Ray. Yeah, it definitely screams vision. It screams vi- uh, force vision of some sort. And I, to me, that, that scene where we see the double-A lightsaber, to me, that's Palpatine projecting what she could be. You know what I mean? And, it, and, it, and uh, like her fighting herself. It's it's kind of that scene, like that Darth Vader scene where on... Um, Dagobah where Luke cuts off the head and the right. face mask explodes and it's his face inside the helmet right and i think that's i think this is another this is a version of that in my head that and i could be totally wrong but that's just what i'm projecting in my head is is the um see it's so funny you are you have been trying to hold back your expectations of the mandalorian and i'm just all in for it and then this, you've got so many fan theories working for Rise of Skywalker, and I'm trying to hold back my expectations <laughs> for it. Well, and I, you know, and then towards the end of, the, of this trailer, the, we see the scene with, uh, with her, and she's kind of straight face and almost clear, but she, her eyes are almost, um, like she's about to cry type of situation, but she's got her lightsaber lit. To me, that's the that's the scene where she realizes makes her decision. Right, I think that's where she decides where she's going to be in the light and the dark, and because that scene still sort of fits in that what I would call that dream sequence of. Well, the only the only argument I would have with that is that is the last scene of the trailer, and so they're not wanting you to focus as much on the visuals as they're wanting you to focus on the. 
the audio. And so they are going to mute everything so you can focus. And so, I mean, the thing is, obviously, all of your theories are sound. They're good possibilities. They've got all the visual cues and everything. Um, and perhaps part of it that I don't have an opinion or a theory on what's going on is because I don't want to project too much of my personal wish list onto it and then get um, disappointed with the final movie. So I am trying to hold back expectations. I'm excited to see the movie. It's going to be sad to see, you know, what they're now terming the, the Skywalker saga to be over. Um, because it is always hard to give up something that has been such a big part of your life. And right now, Star Wars, ha that has been the Skywalker saga. You know, everything that we've ever had Star Wars has been that. But at the end of the day, getting a chance to move on to something new, new grounds, new opportunities is also exciting as well. But that's only going to happen if this movie does well. Do you think this will be the last, and, and I'll use this term loosely, Jedi Sith type character, as far as a Force user character in Star I Wars? I don't know. Force user, no. Obviously, the Force is a central point to the Star Wars universe. So we're always going to have Force users. Now, is this going to be the last Jedi and the last Sith characters? That's a possibility. And I don't really know how I feel about that, honestly. Um, again, it's like I was just saying, moving the old away for something new, even though it can sometimes be a... a tough thing to go through isn't always a bad thing if they do it right and so I don't know I really don't know and so I guess all I can really say is we're going to have to wait till December and then see and then obviously you know moving forward from that what they do is what they do do you think Kylo will be redeemed if they follow the standard tropes of the Star Wars storylines, then yes. But will he die? Since he's been the bit, huh? But will he die at that redemption? Typically, the redemption does require sacrifice, and they've kind of made it clear in the Star Wars universe that that sacrifice tends to be the ultimate sacrifice. Um, so, uh, here's my somewhat one desire if we get a, if we get a proper like the actor palpatine in a proper character setting i want to see him take on ray and kylo yeah and with what we saw him be able to do in uh revenge of the sith and then the clone wars television show we know he's got the skills for it one of the actors, so <laughs> might have the well, skills for it. They, they had a ninety-year-old Christopher Lee fighting a CGI Yoda. They can pull that off. 
he's not going to be the one swinging the lightsaber. They're just going to have a really good uh, look-alike that they're going to That's digitally about 25 transpose years his face onto. Huh? It's about 25 years younger. <laughs> 25. He, uh, well, I think Ian McDermott's in his 70s, so they're going to have to go probably 40 years younger or more. Maybe. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm glad JJ came back, but I, 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 I totally. You do. just don't want him to play it safe again. I, I. That's your thing. You don't mind JJ Abrams. You just thought that he played Force Awakens too safe. I would like to see a, a little. Other than the lens flare, let's be honest, he does way too much lens flare. You know what? And he even joked about how he cut down the lens flare in in, in uh, the first Star Wars because mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone gave him shit about the damn lens flare especially in the uh star trek movie you know and that, that's the thing i think that was the problem with ryan johnson too is ryan johnson got all this crap about who's this and what's that and da 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 and because every every time he sat down i mean he, i remember seeing one you can just see it on his face he was just pissed off like he didn't want to be at that interview because it was the same bullshit questions that he can't answer but he wasn't allowed to answer, even if he wanted to answer. Yeah, but they've done enough of these movies. He should have known when he signed up for Star Wars. Uh, he was yeah, going to Ru- get asked the same questions. But this is—I think times. this is the first time Ryan Johnson's come in the middle of something that was already sort of that, that established. He—I think everything he does. But prior anybody to the- looking at Star Wars knows that's going to happen. So even if he was in the beginning, middle, end of it doesn't matter. He knew it was Star Wars. He knew the fan base, or he should have known. He should have known, because it's not like us Star Wars fans are exactly quiet about things, especially if they're things that we don't like. Okay, one last speculation: Do you think Ray is bloodline? Do you think she needs to be? We've had this discussion. That's why I brought it up round and round and obviously there's plenty of possibility that she's some descendant of obi-wan's that she's a clone of uh, luke's hand that he lost at bespin um you know that he somehow some actually was it you that i was talking to that was the speculation about uh them him or her possibly being uh, Luke's daughter with uh, Mara Jade. There, there's and she some hid him. There is some speculation. her from him. Yeah, there's some speculation that that Mara Jade may may Obviously, be her there there's all of that going around. But the thing is, one of the major things that they've established in Star Wars is that the Force does what it wants, and the idea of her being a nobody and end up having this amount of force power to me sounds like something the force would do so would it be a little bit more palpable for uh, the majority of the fans if she was connected in some way probably would it bother me at all if they did confirm that she was a nobody and this was just the force saying, hey, listen here, assholes, I don't like what you're doing? Well, I'd be fine with that. Even Snoke said, you know, 
darkness rise and the light rises with it. And that's what they've always said the Force has always done. It's always created a... There's always balance. When one gets out of balance, the Force will kick it the other way to reclaim that balance. Right. So, but, uh, yeah, like I said, would the fans probably like it better if she was? Yeah. Do I... Do I think and do I want her two different um, I'm afraid that they might find some contrived way to make her a part of the family. And it's like we were having the discussion the other day about her possibly being an illegitimate child of uh, Han. Um, yeah, we had that debate, and we looked at the timeline. And unless he did something... It didn't really mesh. Yeah, it didn't really mesh. I have one theory that I have put out there that has validity as far as timeline. It would It would fit. And there's a piece of this story that wouldn't that that we don't know about, so it could work. Is she's the daughter of Ezra, and Ezra being from Rebels? Because anybody that doesn't realize Ezra is the same age as Luke and Leia, mm-hmm. or at least within within a year, a couple of years apart. Yeah. Um, but we're, we're pretty sure based on the the story because it said he was born on the day that the empire fell or the, the no that the empire was born or something like that was founded the day that palpatine um, shifted the republic to the empire right which if if it is was the same day as luke and leia was right um so if that's true he's the right age um and we don't know his ultimate fate because he ended up traveling to wild space with um, Thrawn and the Space Whales. Right, Thrawn and the Space Whales, which was so weird. <laughs> that sounds like a bad movie title. It does, it does really bad. Uh, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I could, I go deep. Yeah, because you're going something that would get this uh, podcast struck down. Um, but this, my theory is that, that she might be, she might be the ch- uh, child of. Now, a lot of the clones. The believes that she's a clone or, or or of some sort has to do with the fact of where they found her. Jakku in the uh, in the legend story said that that was a cloning facility of Palpatine of himself. Now, canon wise, we do know that Jakku was important, but we don't know why uh, to Palpatine's plan, and that's again part of the reason why I'm reading the aftermath novels. And I really want to get a hold of uh, a copy of uh, Battlefront 2 to play through its story. So I do know what the significance of Jakku is. So. Alright. Yeah, I mean. Do what? Uh, well, I was going to say one last topic that we'll talk about. And it is you a... said one last topic like four times now. I oh, know I didn't. But anyway, <laughs> maybe I did. Wait until you go back and re-listen to this. Yeah, probably. Uh, so Game of Thrones uh, showrunners, they had been originally slate to do a, tr- a trilogy, the next trilogy, uh, has bowed out. And I, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of glad they did. Um, I've got mixed feelings. On the one hand, I was optimistic because, one, it's not Ryan Johnson. And to, you know, 95% of Game of Thrones was awesome. And then we get into the last, like, four episodes of that, or, yeah, because it was six seasons, or six episodes last season. 
and first two were okay, then it just kind of fizzled out after that. You know, I guess my problem is, is as somebody who was a, a late fan of the Game of Thrones, I think I got in like fourth season-ish or so when I started watching it. Um, I was so disappointed with the last season. And I really felt like they, there, it felt very obvious that they, they were just done. They wanted it over with. Like they, mm-hmm. and frankly, if that, if that was really how they felt and that, and to me, that's the way it showed, they should have just walked away. They should have just said, we're done. We don't want to do it. And I also feel like, because the thing was, they, for the most part, were handed all the story up to season eight. And then the season eight, they kind of get, we were given some notes and said, write the story for yourself. Because yeah, that was the problem is they asked uh, George R. R. Martin um, some ideas for how the story was going to end. Because even though they had taken their differences from the books, they still tried to keep the major story arcs there. And he basically scribbled some stuff on a napkin at the restaurant they were uh, having the uh, meeting at and said, here. And that was it. Yeah, it was. And so they did kind of, you know, they had rails leading up to that last season. And then they were completely off the rail. So I think that they were in over their heads. I think they were good at adapting a story that was already there but when they had to actually come up with the meat of the entire story and not only that but wrap up how a story of this epic nature is going to end they didn't know what to do well there was so many story arcs that didn't didn't get drilled back together like there was so many there were stuff that even that were even in the last episodes of season seven that really didn't even get fixed or, or uh, didn't get finished in the, the last season. Yeah. Um, you know, so you, you had uh, on the one hand, the storytelling that they had, I think they would have done good for star Wars, especially if it would have been them directing and somebody else writing. I think somebody else would have had to write it for the, for that to be a good, but at the same time, seeing what they did do with the last season of Game of Thrones, I am kind of glad they're not a part of it now. Because they had so. Uh, this was another situation of I think they had uh, the other part of it was I think they had so much. They got so much crap from the fan base. What what's this? What's that? What are we doing? What what about this story? What about that story? And they're all you know. Th- and let's be honest, if they can't handle the Game of Thrones fans, they're not going to be. They're going to get eaten whole by the Star Wars fans. Yeah. And, and Ryan Johnson obviously <laughs> found that out the hard way. Um, so yeah, I'm. I was excited to see that originally when they they said that they were going to do a, a Star Wars, but after the way season eight went of Game of Thrones, I just I kind of felt that the exact same way. I felt like there's no way they're going to handle the fans. They obviously didn't really care about the last season. If they do that to Star Wars. They will never work again. I, I, I truly believe that. They, well, considering yeah. Disney owns three quarters of all the IP in the fucking universe right now, <laughs> they not to mention a lot of you know TV. Um, they really wouldn't be working in this industry for much longer if they screwed up Star Wars. Um, but in the same boat, like I keep waiting for Ryan Johnson to bow out. 
and I don't think he's going to. I think he's. That's the thing. I keep hearing that he's out and that he's not, and it just keeps going back and forth. And I don't know what Disney's play is with it. You know, obviously his movie is not done well. I can't honestly see them wanting to push forward with him. Well, you know, no. And again, and again, it, it needs to be stated: he himself is not bad at what he does. He's just not good at it for Star Wars. And I think if it was a situation like if he was trying to do, a, like I don't even think he could have done a Rogue One I, because of the fact he he'd have a problem with tying all that stuff together. Yeah. And I really think that that's you know. If he was do- if he was doing something brand spanking new, if he was doing something that, that had never been touched before, I think he'd be fine. As long as somebody else was riding it with him and was, because I think that was part of the problem too. Was like I said, there was just a weird uh, the the way the movie, it maybe in the way they edited it, it could have been there could have been some other factor involved. But man, it just the movie felt chopped in the wrong way, mm-hmm. um, and. I just don't like I I don't want to see that again in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Could like I said, could he? Yeah, he could. He I think he could, but I just don't want him writing it. That's my I that's what I said. I don't care about Ryan Johnson directing a movie. I don't want him writing it, especially Star Wars. Um but we'll see. Uh we obviously we got we got Mandalorian. We got one more season of Clone Wars that we'll end up talking about. Uh, we'll, obviously, we're gonna have um, an Obi Wan, Rise of Skywalker, an Obi Wan in the next year. We're gonna have lots of stuff to talk about in on this podcast for uh, as far as Star Wars. Uh, probably a lot more than we're gonna be start. To, well, I guess we'll have some some to start uh, Star Trek to talk about um, with. Uh, Discovery, Discovery and Picard coming out, so uh, so we'll have uh, we'll have a decent number of, of back and forth between the two. Uh, I think the next episode we're gonna we're probably gonna sit down and talk a little bit about DC and our feelings about the the DC movie versus the DC t- you know CW series. Um, obviously, right now we're deep in uh, Batwoman, uh, which we'll talk about. That was not a good way of saying that. What? Oh, t- <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. Uh, but we're, uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of the, her season, her first season. And I think we'll, we'll obviously, we'll break down and talk about that a little bit. So I've actually only watched the first two episodes. I need to catch up. Yeah. On Cause that. we're on fourth or fifth episode. Yeah, I, think I think the fourth one was Sunday. Um, I think it's the fourth one that I just, we just watched in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, uh, thank you. I'm sorry that this podcast was almost two hours long, but I, I knew star Wars was always going to be a long topic for us. And we did. And, you were talking yes. how you were talking how you sure we're gonna have enough to talk about? Yes, we're gonna have enough to talk about Star Wars. Well, and again, you got me unscripted with nothing to you know. I had no notes to work off from, so of course I'm going to start rambling because well, I wanted I, I ramble anyway. I wanted to have the type of conversation that you and I have been normally having in the past few months. So yeah, I know because you haven't <laughs> been talking much to me lately. You've been pushing it off and trying to build it up for this yeah i'm just just enough to get you get you rambling about it and then then, uh yeah but i have been trying to uh set you up for this episode so all right well uh thank for everybody who's um you know if you're if you're 
liking this uh, this type of content. We are going to do more of it. I promise it will come a little more frequently. Um, right now, we're only doing audio uh, podcasts, and you can find us on most major podcast services: Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, all the all all the other big ones. Um, you know, and then uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at my done life, and you can find Doc at the Doc Smith on Twitter because he doesn't Instagram. Don't accept imitations. <laughs> Don't accept. Dude, the number the number of crazy people who try to add me to Instagram is hilarious. But, um, but yeah, uh, thank you for everybody who's uh. Following along, feel free to like, subscribe, follow, whatever you need to do on your relevant podcast services. Um, I'm Travis. And I'm Doc. And have a great day, have a great week, and we will catch you in the next episode.